guys, welcome back for another Requires Improvement. You're listening to episode four. How exciting. Four episodes in now. We've lasted me- four episodes, Molly. <laughs> um, me and Dean are back to talk about to talk about education in the news. Again, it's still a real hot topic, as they say. Um, so we're going to be looking at some specific articles and just sharing our views and um, sharing our opinions about everything that's going on at the moment. Dean, so, how's your week been? Um, it's been all right. We got word of, of our school going back um, and we're going back on the 15th, obviously, with the government announcements so we're going back on the 15th and only to year 10 and we reckon we're not going to have the full cohort but the way my school are doing it i think is really sensible we're only having year 10 in for two hours a day and then they're going home so they're coming in for period one and two and every day has got like a different subject so like monday is english tuesday is science wednesday is maths and then thursday is like the option subjects so i think it's done quite sensibly so i'm only going to be teaching for two hours with year 10s a week but it's still contact time for them so i'm quite enjoying that idea but another two weeks before we go back just yet yeah well i must admit it takes a lot but i have nothing but good things to say about my school throughout this whole process i really do feel like head teachers have had a lot on their shoulders um and particularly mine i think has really stepped up and really shown her support to her staff and has took our safety really seriously obviously I can't speak for every school but in particular mine I think that the way they've handled it's been brilliant and what they've done is really sensible although it is heartbreaking seeing my classroom at the moment because it now has five tables in and five chairs that's really sad really sad are you display still up my displays are still up, but there's nothing, nothing on shelves or um, like awesome. on work surfaces. So um, it looks very bare, um, very very bare. Does your head teacher listen to the podcast? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, if if your head teacher does, that sounds like you're uh, aiming for a promotion there, Molly. Being yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Um, so Molly would like to be considered for the position of key stage two lead <laughs> no I mean credit you where credit's due it, like I say it takes a lot for me to say that no no um, mine's been the same our whole SLT has been like fantastic and what I've really enjoyed about our school is the openness of the SLT like they the communication has been yeah. for a and they have let us know every step of the way even like down to the point of this is what we're thinking now this might change tomorrow like they are letting us know every step of the decision which i'm really enjoying yeah i think i think like i say about credit due because you know for all the government have said oh we've got this guidance like the head teachers really have been left to to deal with it like they've had to come up with their own plan for their own school because obviously every school is different in terms of size layout capacity and um you know so they have been left to to deal with it with the i mean i say guidance very very loosely so you know it's i think they have i think everyone's done an amazing job as part of an slt team very frustrating isn't it um why we're still talking about the news before we move on to the bulk of what we want to talk about what do you think about dominic cummings 
Well, do you know what's really strange? Because Barnet Castle's not far from where I live. It's like a 40-minute drive. For those that I... don't, don't know, Molly lives in Stockton on Tees. Am I right in saying <laughs> that? I just yeah. say Middlesbrough, thinking that everywhere up north is Middlesbrough because that's where I went to uni. Sorry, go on, yeah. Molly. So, um, yeah, it's like a 40-minute drive. And I actually did my teacher training in Barnet Castle. Like, my base was in Barnet Castle. So I used to be there all the time. Um, how so was your eyesight? You, you are. How was your eyesight when you were there? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, um, I'm fuming with it all. Oh, I am, but I just feel like I think Boris had lost a lot of respect already, but he's just like he's just signed his own notice, really, hasn't he? You know. So here's a question for you: With you being an up norther. Um, mm. A lot of people up north voted Conservative for the first time and obviously mm. broke the red wall. My personal opinion is next time those votes will be retracted and back to Labour or to a different party. What's the consensus like feeling up north? Do you feel like people are really dismayed by this whole thing? Or? Yeah, I do. Um, I do think that the, the, obviously there's those feelings towards Boris, but the issue, the issue with certain groups up north is if he is still promising Brexit he may that may overtake feelings about coronavirus it all feels very like Orwellian doesn't it like everyone was posting all animal farm quotes everywhere like all animals are equal but some are more equal than others and the drama teacher in me is like oh I can't wait to use this as a stimulus (laughs) like (laughs) genuinely like the kids can do something dead good here (laughs) it is um yeah it would be very interesting i think to get young people's perspective on on things because obviously they're the future aren't they so they're our future voters children are the future Mm. and that being said molly as a nice segue you have informed me today that the summer holidays have been cancelled well, I don't know for definite. No, that's not definite. I mean, let's, let's not, you know, let's not have it. <laughs> <laughs> Blackwood Theatre spreading fake news. No, so I, I, I found an article on um, BBC News, um, the app, and because I use apps, it's, you know, it's part of what I do. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> use apps. She's only just discovered apps along with Spotify. I still haven't started Spotify in my car yet. So, <laughs> still on the mention. Um, but yeah, so I read this article the other day, um, and the headline is Coronavirus, summer holidays may be cancelled, warns ex Ofsted chief. Now, it's a bit of a naff headline because he's got real no authority to say that because he's an ex Ofsted chief. Um, but obviously they're trying to kind of like scare everybody into say, you know, that some holidays might be cancelled. But there is a lot of talk about that out there at the moment. Um, you know, and the I unions I would be up in arms, wouldn't they? The unions yeah, would yeah. like because yeah. we're, we're, we're not paid for the f- full year, are we? We're no. paid for hours across the year. No. Um, but I continued reading the article. And um, it, it obviously just reports a lot of things that have already been said about like when schools reopen and you know the guidelines and stuff like that. But what 
I then went on to read was apparently this ex-Ofsted inspector chief person was um, on, on a Sky programme and it says some of the things that he said. And um, one thing that he said was um, some children, including the poorest, have regressed during lockdown. Now, to me, that's a pretty obvious statement. I mean, not necessarily the poorest children. I know it's obviously it's been proven that it is like that. But if you're taking children out of school for 10 weeks, isn't it pretty obvious that no matter how many Google lessons or home learning or online learning that you put on the system, yes, they are going to regress because they're in the middle of a global pandemic at home 24 seven with no access to school. So yes, because then what he goes on to say is, that's a great shame because we want every year group to have the same opportunities as the others. Well, yes, everybody wants that, but the great shame here really is the fact that we're in the middle of a global pandemic and actually, yes, we want them to have the same opportunities, but we also want them to be alive to have those opportunities. So I just think... The and it also... Sorry. No, go on. I'm a, I'm a horrendous interrupting, sorry. I feel really bad. Fine, but also I... you're saying about the global pandemic but it also shines light on how broken the education system is anyway yeah this is i mean this is an ex-offset inspector you know those people who you know decide what grading a teacher is or a school is and you know but then what he goes on to say is the responsibility is with schools and head teachers when the lockdown ceases to put in place recovery programs, which might mean canceling holidays. What is absolutely clear is that a lot of youngsters have lost a considerable amount of time whilst this lockdown has taken place. Well, that's pretty obvious as well, isn't it? So I just, I just think, I, I've said it on here that I thought and still think that something needs to change for September. So if they're putting us back in the classroom as normal in September, I've said on here that I thought there needed to be an adjustment to the academic year, there needed to be adjustment to the curriculum. But clearly from what he's saying, that obviously he's not, you know, he's, he's an ex-offset inspector, he doesn't have the power to kind of say that, uh, say what will happen. But what he's basically saying there is we go back in September as normal, and it's up to us to fill the gaps. Well, if you in an average classroom or an average day, there's gaps that we have to try and fill relentlessly anyway. But when you've got a group of children that have lived through something so unsettling and so unnerving and have been taken out of school for 10 weeks, that that's not you can't fill those gaps in in a normal academic year and still expect them to come out with meeting national age-related expectations can you it's just ridiculous now are we talking about that attainment gap anyway is widening as we were just getting as close it is now widening but i don't like that like the the responsibility being put on the teachers because yeah. obviously every teacher there and every teacher i know will be trying their best to close that gap 
and to get these kids up to scratch. But there are also wider social economic responsibilities of bringing more funding so we can get more one-to-one tuition. I would happily give up some of my holiday time to go into school and tutor students. But I also feel like I should be reimbursed for that time. If you if you want us to tutor them over the summer, then you'll have to pay us for it. Yeah, like I, I feel like it needs to happen, but I also feel like you wouldn't expect any of those MPs in Downing Street to do any of their job unpaid. No. And we all, we already give so much unpaid. Like even now it's half term and I'm still working from home just because there's so much I want to get done before we go back. Well, we're still open to key worker children. We were all through the Easter holidays. We were... We are through this half term and we've been open every single bank holiday as well. And all um, that all that's voluntary and not one person has raised raised issue over more pay for paying us through the holidays because it's a horrendous amount of overtime. Yeah, no, and that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's all it always comes back to people relying on on teachers' good nature because you don't go into the job for anything other than to to help children and and, and help other people and, and it's that nature in us that just wants to wants to do whatever we physically can to make sure those children are okay and and the government and other higher ups rely on that kind of nature and thought process of a teacher they do that acro- across the public services don't they, don't they? like the yeah. nhs the amount of like times they do shifts and not get paid for it or stay over like it's across the public services because they're so underfunded mm, i know and it, but what boils <laughs> what makes me really <laughs> is that it's an ex-ofsted chief inspector saying all this now what he's saying to me is is if you're in an educational setting if you know anything about education then it to me it's fairly obvious that yes if you take 10 children out of school for 10 weeks there's going to be a gap in the learning, which is what he's saying. Oh, it's a shame about. But yeah, it's a massive shame. But I think I think you need to take a step back and actually realise the reason those children have been sent home is because we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and it was for their safety. And actually, no, you can't turn around and say it's our responsibility to fill ten weeks worth of gap into a normal academic year and still have them on track to make expected progress that you wouldn't ask that of any other company you wouldn't say oh you've missed 10 weeks of work you've got to make that back up in in the in a different amount of time yeah it's like saying you've missed 10 weeks of profit so you need to get in there and make me 10 weeks of profit why why i'm making the same progress so i've just googled it molly do you know how much that man used to be on when he was the chief inspector how much? hundred and eighty thousand pounds. That's more than the Prime Minister. I mean, and that person is saying the most ridiculous things and but yet he is the one that probably, you know, makes head teachers lose sleep at night and I probably got paid to write that article. Yeah. Oh, I hate things like that, you know, it does my head and because people like and you think someone that's been in education should understand this to some level mm-hmm. and understand that yes it is teachers responsibility but it's also the responsibility of everyone in our communities to help make that up and um, whether it be local government providing funding or sorry not even local government like the government providing more funding because if they're talking so much about 
how much this is going to impact young people and young people's futures. They need to like look at the cuts they've already made. Like all of the shore stock centres got closed down. Um, all the funding to schools. My school has like two TAs across six, seven hundred kids. Mm. Well, it's that, isn't it? You know, they're saying about we need to get children back into school because of their mental health. Well, you cut all the funding to mental health. You cut all the, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you the, know, like the stuff that come into school. You cut, you cut all the funding. School nurses. Yeah. School counsellors. So, don't turn around and say that you're thinking of children's mental health because you're not. You're thinking of an economy. That's all you're thinking of. And they want to cancel the school holidays probably because less childcare, so more people can go back to work. Absolutely. And, they, and then yeah. they can use that as a makeup period because really we're not going to have that that season of like holiday making and people going places and spending in that way, are we? Oh, I don't know. I'm angry over that, Molly. You've angered me. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. Well, I was really, I was really angry when I read it. Um, but yes, I just thought I'd share share my anger. <laughs> no, I'm angry. We're all angry. Um, I'd be very interested to know our listeners' thoughts, though. And if you have got some opinions on this or any of the things we've talked about so far today, you can get in touch via our social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Blackboard Theatre UK or at Blackboard UK. You can even um, comment or review our podcast and let us know what you think that way, because it is so many like diverse opinions, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying my opinion's right. I'm just, just expressing my opinion. Molly said that very like. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm right, but I am right. That was the most middle-class way of saying. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm right, but I am. <laughs> oh, Molly, yeah. I think you're the most middle-class person I know. <laughs> you genuinely are. And I love all your little sayings. It's hilarious. Right. <laughs> To, to bring us on a bit more of a lighter note, Molly, um, I thought we would finish off with our recommendations. Um, and we've been recommending theatre for the past couple of weeks, but I thought we could open it up a little bit to anything. Like, um, I listen to lots of podcasts that do this and I really enjoy it. Um, like Race Chaser with Alaska and Willem do their like rainbow spotlight of the week. And, um, couldn't help but wonder my sex in the city podcast do like my horny for what they're horny for that week so i thought we could do like something like that and name it something fun okay what can we name it <laughs> this hasn't been prepared by the way <laughs> this is just... No, just anything anything this week that you would like to recommend you would like to talk about i've got mine Go on then, you do yours while I think. So, um, my one is a book I've been reading. And do you know in school where you like to the kids, reading is fundamental. You must go home and read. Please read. And then you go home and you look at your bookshelf and you're like, I'm too tired. I've actually read yeah. during lockdown. Amazing. So, I feel like I'm not such a hypocrite anymore. And um, my niche market is YA, young adult fiction. <laughs> That is like what I like. Whereas you're probably like your. I imagine this is your taste of books that I imagine it's probably like um, 
Jane Austen, anything classical, anything that's like a romance set in like a period <laughs> of time that isn't modern, that involves like washerwomen and maids and like gentlemen and all that. That that's imagine what I, your your reading is, or like um like crime books but not like gritty crime books like Agatha Raisin like who killed someone at the summer fate oh you know like <laughs> is that not your style of book I mean the first one is does that I don't do crime books no um but yes I well you give me a recommendation then I'll tell you what I've been reading oh uh, uh, yeah sorry I got absolutely um <laughs> sidetracked there so I've read this book loads and I always recommend this book to students in school, but I absolutely love it. It's called They Both Die at the End. Um, and it is by Adam Silveria. I don't know if I've said that right, but They Both Die at the End. It's um, a romance book about two boys who meet each other on the last day of their lives and how they spend that day together. And it is such a roller coaster of emotions and it's such a nice book and it's horrendous because you know what's going to happen at the end. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're reading the book and because you're enjoying these characters so much, you're like you're looking at how much left of the book you've got because you know what's going to happen. And it's like, it's heartbreaking, but it's so good. It's so funny. It's so heartwarming. And um, so just to set the premise of the book up, it's set in a world that on the day that you die, you get a phone call between one and three in the morning saying that it's your last 24 hours. And you get to spend, you get to decide what you do. And these two boys meet each other on an app called Last Friend. But it's such a good book. And I'm not selling it here, am I? But I've really enjoyed that. No, I think that's that sounds really good. Um, I just I, I feel like you've told me about it before, actually. Like when you're talking about it, it sounds it probably. sounds like I, I probably rambled to you about it. <laughs> no, it does sound really good. I'm just like, but I think at the moment I can't deal with a roller coaster of emotions. I need like <laughs> like it sounds like it would be really good, but I don't know if I'm stable enough to read that at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I was crying in a corner. Do not worry. <laughs> So, go yeah. on, what, what's yours, Molly? Well, I mean, not playing into Dean's stereotypes at all. Shane Austin, um, great expectations. Well, I, so, but I would say what I've tried to do is um, I've watched, if I've watched something that's come from a book, I've maybe watched it again or watched it for the first time or whatever, and then I've, I've tried to read the book as well, just because I think quite often... I'm guilty of going, oh, I'll watch the film version of it or the TV version of it and, you know, and then don't pick up the book. But I'd, so I, I watched Jane Eyre, you know, like, again, yeah. playing in stereotypes. Um, and I've never actually read the the book. So <gasps> I, I did read the book um, a few weeks ago. But my next project is, um, I'm still playing in the stereotype. I've just watched um, Normal People um, on BBC Three, which is just like everyone's talking about it and it's really popular. It's very Molly. Yeah, it's very Molly. And obviously it comes from a book. So I thought, well, maybe it's actually be your challenge because I've seen it and now I'm going to read the book as well. And I've also read, I've read three books while we've been in lockdown. Oh, I've read three books as well. Oh, oh there it's we not. go then. I've read, um, God, I'm such a stereotype. I've oh. read the 
<laughs> one time I turned up to Molly's house and she had the um, PS I love you second one whatever it was oh no no I'm not thinking I'm thinking of to all the boys I've loved that turned up in the second one I was like oh I haven't seen this one yet and she's like I've watched it 12 times watched it 12 times i hadn't that's a total lie i have not watched it 12 times so you're reading yes i love you well no i've read it i've read someone bought me them for christmas um because the, there's two books like the first obviously the original one and then there's a sequel so i've read both of them but i didn't i i enjoyed the books more than i enjoyed the the film um but i didn't get upset at the first one and that happened <laughs> I said, oh, no, I didn't, like, think high or anything. No, that was fine. <laughs> um, but then the second one, I did cry, which, I mean, that's why I don't think I'm stable enough to read your book, because I was I was quite upset reading the second one. Oh, no. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. That's really sad. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, but I suppose that's the theme I'm going for, that if I watch something, I try and read the book. Because, like I said, I'd never watched, I'd never read the PS I Love You book, and I saw that I've seen that film before ages ago. So that's what I'm trying to do. Well, I'm I'm not going to read read the books <laughs> 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 only because I've got a list. But maybe our list as well. We've got quite maybe, a few, a few yeah. lists. I definitely, definitely recommend reading the books because I know everyone says it all the time, but you do get so much more out of it. Like, yes, Molly, this has been a pleasure. I really enjoy just getting to sit and talk with you every week about random stuff and getting really angry. Um, so we are at the end of our podcast. So thank you very much for listening. We do upload new episodes every Wednesday and they are available wherever you can get your podcasts, apart from Apple Podcasts, because they haven't approved us yet. But I'm working on it. Hopefully, if you would like to follow us, subscribe us, like us on social medias at Blackboard UK, anywhere. We're everywhere. Give us some support. Um, keep an eye out because we're also going to be taking part as part of the Buxton Fringe Festival. And we're going to have some digital entries there. So if you'd like to see more of us from Blackboard Theatre. But thank you very much to listen to us today. And um, we'll hopefully see you next week. Bye.